Welcome back to episode 190 of The New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato of MediaMonarchy.com, giving you all the important news you need to go over and everything you need is at NewWorldNextWeek.com. Audio, video, RSS feed, sources, and so much more. James, will begin with an interesting story from Tech Dirt. Los Angeles law enforcement looking to crowdsource surveillance. The LAPD wants you, Joe Sucker, I mean citizen, to help out with its surveillance. It has enlisted the help of a crowdsourcing tool called Leader, L-E-E-D-I-R, to collect photos and recordings from everyday people who may have additional footage of natural disasters or civil unrest that could help out both emergency responders and cops looking to put a few more demonstrators in jail. In today's announcement, earthquakes, terrorist attacks, and the Boston Marathon bombings were mentioned as scenarios in which Leader could help law enforcement respond to disasters or large-scale public security threats. One might also imagine large citizen protests like Occupy being the focus of such crowdsourced surveillance. The article, James, from TechDirt does go into a lot of the specifics and a lot of the specific people who are pushing this. But it notes that an unfiltered influx of photos and videos curated by law enforcement officers, what could possibly go wrong? The tool may be aimed at natural disasters, which provides free access to police and emergency responders in the affected area. you got to give away a little bit for free. But paid subscriptions are available, which would keep Leader live at all times for any and all law enforcement agency willing to foot the bill, James, which pretty much means any poor community who has their police using their money to pay for such a leader, James. Crowdsource surveillance sounds so nice, doesn't it? It sounds so much better than Stasi-era totalitarian snitch state, doesn't it? Which is what this amounts to, of course. What What is this other than the wet dream of every would-be dictator for, for all of human history to have the population surveilling itself and to have little snitches on all the different events and, and spying on the protesters and, and ratting them out? Oh, look at this. You got to pick this person up. So this is, I mean, this is just nightmare, nightmarish stuff that is couched in this wonderful uh, rhetoric of crowdsourcing and everything that's that's that really is the sort of the power and the, and the potential political power of the internet era. Of course, they're trying to co-opt it for their purposes. And this is exactly like, I mean, the, the, the mainstream media trying to co-opt the power of the alternative media by doing like eye reports and things. Oh, you send your footage into CNN and we might play it on air. Ooh, you know, for all 27 of their viewers. Um, it's, it is ridiculous. And it's the way that this always functions. They always want to try to co-opt and and derail the, the the potential of these technologies to do something more than what they want. Well, no, 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 no. Don't crowd crowdsource for your own efforts. Don't make a citizen investigation effort. No, no, you have to give it to the police because they're the responsible ones and they'll know what to do with it and they'll know which tapes to destroy with uh, if they they don't uh, contain the footage they want. This is all part of, in fact, what we were discussing in a Beard World Order roundtable I did with Tom Secker and Guillermo Jimenez recently. We talked about this idea of covalence that they want to um, put on the table, as opposed to suvalence, which I talked about in a previous episode of Corbett Report, where um, basically the idea is we all have these little slave device recording devices in our pockets. We might as well be using them for our own purposes to keep our eye on the police, the cop watch type of idea, rather than giving them all of our footage in order for them to decide what to do with it. I think that we need to use this as a protection, if anything. Of course, the ultimate idea is to get rid of these uh, snooping technologies all 
together, but that's a bit of a pipe dream at this moment. So it is an interesting co-optation of the, uh, the, the, the real power of the internet, I think. And I think it speaks to almost what is the panopticon, the, the original idea from Jeremy Bentham, the idea that, well, I just expect myself to be spied on all the time, so I just act accordingly. So I think, James, the, the one of two ways to beat something like this would be that no one would use it, or the opposite of that, you completely feed it and overload it with nothing but garbage and thereby making it useless. James, we'll include in this first segment, as long as we're talking about evil technological potential, a story we had not reported on here on New World Next Week, but it has been bubbling under and will include a lot of links and some of these thanks to our good friend Rock West. That is the heart bleed bug. And I think given our story with the LAPD and leader, I think when you learn that the NSA knew about Heartbleed and exploited it for two years, I think shows you what exactly can happen with certain technology in certain wrong hands. And the updates surrounding Heartbleed continue to, to spill out as China hackers waste little time in exploiting it, Canadian teen arrested for using it to steal taxpayer information, and the latest is that Heartbleed actually exposes open VPN private keys as well. So the Heartbleed story, we obviously have not heard the last of. Now, James, having said all that, we'll move to our second story this week on the big episode 190 of New World Next Week for a, a, a whole basket of stories that all sort of fit together, James. And we'll take it from your own Twitter account and a story from The Daily Beast that shows the mainstream media is now mentioning the crazy conspiracy theories of Russian involvement in the Polish plane crash. The Daily Beast article is titled, Did Putin Blow Up the Whole Polish Government in 2010? A Second Look. Four years ago this week, Polish President Lech Kaczynski was killed in a plane crash near the Cotton Forest in Russia, where he was flying to honor the 22,000 Polish officers, lawyers, priests, and professors slaughtered there by the Soviets 70 years before. 95 other military, political, and public figures, including his wife, died on that plane. The planes, black boxes, laptops, sensitive documents, mobile phones, address books, telephone numbers, correspondence, and the top-secret military, NATO, and diplomatic codes on board were salvaged from the crash site immediately by Kremlin's operatives in what was described as, quote, a coup for Russian intelligence service, this according to retired CIA analyst, or rather analyst, Gene Poteet. Noting what physicist Kazmiris Nowacek calls years worth of work for security services completed in a single day by Russia's special purpose police, which were immediately deployed to the site. James, again, I'm, I'm truncating the article and jumping to the bottom as he goes over all the crazy conspiracy points for a majority of the country and the mainstream media. I believe that's that's our country and our mainstream media in the West here and in, in the States. Supposition that the Smolensk crash was not an accident remains a fringe theory fraught with political implications. Those who propagate it are considered paranoids or activists with an axe to grind. But Putin's performance over the last eight weeks has given the world good cause to revisit conspiracy theories, including some that only two months ago would have seemed ludicrous and absurd. James, this is something we've touched on a bit over the last few months, not only here on New World Next Week, but also on Ground Zero, the, the talk show that I'm the producer of. As 
conspiracy theories have made their way fully into mainstream media. For exactly what reason, we can only kind of speculate a number of areas, and we'll include some of these other areas where now mainstream conspiracies are being discussed, James, but I'll throw it back to you. Well, I don't think we have to speculate too hard. I mean, it's pretty much on the surface with this story in particular. I think they say, they spell it out pretty pretty blatantly right there, is that, well, this has been fringe conspiracy theory, and if you talk about it, you're crazy. But now that, you know, Putin's the big enemy again, and he's enemy number one, and what's what, what Al-Qaeda boogeyman? Oh, yeah, Russian boogeyman. Now it's uh, gloves off. Okay, now we can talk about this. That uh, So now it deserves a second look. And now that the Daily Beast and other of these mainstream mouthpiece websites are talking about it now, it's okay to talk about them. I mean, the agenda is pretty obvious here. And in fact, I wrote about this in the midweek update for the international forecaster that came out on Wednesday, um, exactly this phenomenon. And we've seen it time and time again. It's a fringe conspiracy theory. What, the government attacks itself? Why would it do that on 9-11? I don't get it. And then when a car bomb happens in the middle of Damascus, oh, you know, Assad probably did that himself to his own forces to in order to justify the crackdown, blah, blah, blah. So the same people who call it a fringe conspiracy theory embrace it lovingly when it's against directed against the enemy. The point that I think we should be uh, dedicated towards in the alternative media is to find the truth, and people will be able to turn back to episode 250 of my podcast where I explored this plane crash in particular, and was quoting CIA analyst Gene Poteet and the analysis that was coming out um, in the wake of that crash from the Polish government and others that point, all signs point to, yes, Russian involvement. Absolutely. They were involved in it. They covered it up. They were the, the number one people on the scene. They were the ones that, that uh, directed the investigation that f- that concluded officially, no, there was no problem. Uh, evidence of explosives? What evidence of explosives? I mean, it, it, it's been one long fiasco. So all evidence do point, does point to Russian involvement, and it always has, even before the mainstream told you it was okay to, to say that. So obviously, this is coming out in this way because of the a particular political uh, angle that they're trying to put on this. Uh, Again, I think we shouldn't get caught up in either the action or the reaction. We should continue to dedicate ourselves to finding the truth about these issues and realize that, yes, the Russian government wants to lie, manipulate, deceive, and kill uh, to pursue its political interests in the exact same way the American uh, government and every other government throughout history in all times and places is willing to do in a heartbeat because they do not care about you. And at the very top of this pyramid, they are all connected. And that's perhaps nowhere more apparent than it is in the fact that the Russian central bank, exactly like the American and British and all of the other major Western central banks are members of the Bank for International Settlements, which is the apex of the pyramid identified by Carol Quigley half a century ago as being that apex of the pyramid from which they are going to direct their plan for world domination. It is all there in black and white, so we shouldn't get caught up in the the, the politics of the back and forth and choosing one side or another. They're all rigged. It's a rigged game. Don't play the game. Just point out the truth. And uh, in this case, hey, well, there's some truth coming out, and we have to be wary of the way that it's going to be used for geopolitical purposes. James will include those flashback links as well as at at least one time that we've covered the Polish plane crash on New World next week back in November 2012 when there were updates then. Some of our other related stories pushing conspiracies into the mainstream. British Prime Minister David Cameron says chemtrails don't exist because they're prohibited by international treaty. Now, James, was that your photo? You had great action on Twitter with retweets of that. No, I, I saw that floating around Twitter, so I scooped it up and uh, tweeted it out, and I'm glad to see it got a lot of reaction. Um, a lot of people don't believe David Cameron. Imagine that. I wonder why. 
There's also a story, as there are always amazing stories, about what goes on in North Korea. There's one now making the rounds, which would sound fringe. He uses literally a flamethrower to eliminate his enemies. Another fascinating one submitted to us via at Dazalt Theory. Respected Wall Street financial expert declares the Illuminati exists, and Gawker covers it as you would figure they would, and they call it the astounding conspiracy theories of Wall Street genius Mark Gordon. And, and by the way, just check please. page 39 of his, uh, his little treaty, treatise for a link to CorbettReport.com. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> our our last related to mainstream in in mainstream conspiracies rather i think amazingly enough just in time for the boston marathon bombing anniversary it's crisis actor soviet style russian tv propagandists caught red-handed same guy three different people spy bystander heroic surgeon did that come from what really happened.com did that come from blacklisted news that came from Forbes. James, I think those batch of stories really put together, I think exactly the point we're trying to put across is that things ridiculed as conspiracy ultimately come out as as the sunshine and the light generally proves them correct. Having said all that, James, we'll now move to our third and final story for a little bit of good news and a story, a good news story that we missed a couple of weeks ago via the meme and the theme that continues Russia today. Russian Prime Minister Medvedev says Russia will not import GMO products. Moscow has no reason to encourage the production of genetically modified products or import them into the country, Medvedev told a Congress of deputies from rural settlements settlements rather on two Saturdays ago, saying, quote, if the Americans like to eat GMO products, let them eat it then. We don't need to do that. We have enough space and opportunities to produce organic food, end quote. The prime minister said he ordered widespread monitoring of the agricultural sector. He added that this, despite rather strict restrictions, a certain amount of GMO products and seeds have already made it to the Russian market. Earlier at that meeting, agricultural minister Nikolai Fyodorov also stated that Russia should remain free of genetically modified products. At the end of February, Russian parliament asked the government to impose a temporary ban on all genetically altered products in Russia. James, this, I think, is another interesting way that shows the sort of bizarre cognitive dissonance we're seeing with Russia. Do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, yes, absolutely. I think that this ultimately goes back more, again, to what the people do and what the people want to have happen. And speaking of organic organic farming in Russia, I'll just throw in a link to a tweet that I had out recently talking about the family farming system in, in Russia and how it it accounts for an incredible percentage of the uh, the population of Russia, 35 million families, that's 70% of the population, um, work in 8 million hectares of land, producing more than 40% of Russia's agricultural output. Um, just a stunning amount of the economy is through this family farming system that has been established there and, is, and continues to to survive throughout all of the uh, the changes that have been wrought and the, the raping of uh, Russia that's taken place in the last couple of decades through the IMF. So so that is, the I think, the bright spot 
in all of this. And the people, um, again, can can really hold the future of the, the, the food supply in their hands by refusing to use this genetic monstrosity, no matter whether or not their government allows it or doesn't allow it. Whatever's mm-hmm. happening at the, the geopolitical stage, you and I don't have any direct influence on that. But you and I do have a direct influence on whether or not, you know, we participate in the, uh, the local farming economy and, and organic foods. And this is what we come back to again and again and again and again. And it, it, it's not a broken record if it's true. Um, this is the this is the absolute stone cold truth. We hold the power in our hands. Let's not let let it slip to these international conglomerates. And uh, we have to stop. We have to stop consuming these uh, genetic monstrosities because this truly is a game for all the marbles. And at this point, in this stage of the game, uh, we're losing um, uh, so much. Su- such a staggering percentage of the uh, the soybean crop and and other crops are now genetically modified that it is getting dangerous, very dangerous indeed. And uh, we have to stop the tide. So this is this is important news. And uh, again, I think that we can put this down to the the people in Russia who are standing up against this and are continuing the family farming tradition. Something that it would do the uh, the Americans and the Japanese and the Canadians and everyone else out there to to think about and emulate. Mm-hmm. So, James, I, I think in closing, and, and it's still a bit related, we'll include some stories submitted via Twitter using hashtag neural next week via at Twisted Politics notes horse meat in my pasta, the rise of food fraud. And that's actually an update on a story we covered here on New World Next Week back in February of 2013. NASA continues joint projects with Russia, including the ISS. This, speaking to something, James, we just talked about a few weeks ago, as everything heated up with Russia, we realized, yeah, they can talk sanctions all they want, but the real deal dirty business still goes on unabated, not missing a beat. James, Bandar Bush, that's Saudi, Bandar, Bin Sultan, fired as the spying chief in Saudi Arabia, and I I had to dig back. Back in August 2012, we were reporting here on New World Next Week, the questions about whether or not Bandar Bush was dead. Now, I don't recall him being announced alive, but James, do you know anything about him being fired as the Saudi intel? Yeah, I I think this was first floated as what looked like a rumor back in February. It seems to have been confirmed now. I've seen some official reports on this, so I guess it's really true, but you always have to take this with a grain of salt, because as you say, we were reporting two years ago, people are saying he's dead. We haven't seen him. We don't know where he is. Then he popped up in Russia, meeting uh, the Russians supposedly giving them the the threat about the Olympics and all of that. So a lot of shady games take place in that world. So uh, it looks at this point that it's really true that he's been fired. But again, I think we'll have to see how this plays out. Snowden's email provider loses appeal over encryption keys. And that's an update to a story we covered back in August 2013. The Lava Bit shut down. And James submitted to us on Twitter via at Lex Naturalis 314, a story that a lot of folks already know about. And we'll take the moment here to tip our hats to the passing of Michael C. Rupert, crossing the Rubicon author and investigative journalist, commits suicide at the age of 63. I know I said on my own Twitter account at Media Monarchy, I think he laid out the truth and lies of 9-11 first and best, pretty much mainly pointing to the drills and the insider trading, which I think still to this day remain kind of the main key, James. I wish he had have stuck to that rather than the stuff that he became in the latter years. And uh, it's interesting. I've already seen people talking about, uh, was it a suicide or was he suicided? And yet this is the man who absolutely denounced 
anyone who questioned the Gary Webb suicide as being traitors and conspiracy theorists and all Mm. of that. So it's very ironic to be in this situation. But at any rate, it's not a happy thing when anyone ends up dying like this. So I'm not wallowing in this or or, or enjoying this at all. So, James, just quickly in closing, we will pass the always interesting date of 420 before we talk again. So we'll implore folks out there to pay attention and, again, to always try and submit stories to us via Twitter using hashtag New World next week. And with that, James, I I say thank you so much. Take care. Oh, wait. Before we go, let's not go like that. Let's tell them we're about to be be recording a conversation between yourself and myself for my film literature in the New World Order series, which comes out at the third Monday of every month. So stay tuned to CorbettReport.com for that. We're going to be talking about Citizen Kane. So on that note, talk to you later. All right. Take care.